Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome back to I'm Not Being Funny But, the podcast I apparently still record in my cupboard. Here on I'm Not Being Funny But, we ask the questions you pretend you knew the answers to or the ones you didn't think to ask. Today we are asking the question, what am Ireland? I'm a 27-year-old girl living in the UK and Ireland's pretty near. In fact, it's so near that I have a passport for it. Recently, though, I've been confronted with all the things I wasn't taught about Ireland, all the things I don't know about Ireland, uh, and the things I definitely pretend I know about Ireland. I don't know anything about Ireland. Luckily, I have my two friends, Richie and Steve, who unfortunately couldn't fit in this wardrobe with me, so I went over to one of their houses to record this with their fancy microphones. They have a podcast called What Am Politics, and it's bloody amazing. I really recommend you listen to it. But first, we are going to find out What Am Ireland? Some questions, but don't want to send me none. And have no fear, the podcast here it's I'm not being funny, but with Lena. So I am here with. Can you introduce yourself, guys? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm here with two fucking random Irish guys I found on the street because they're everywhere. Where, yeah. Why aren't you all in Ireland? <laughs> Where like you came from? Wherever I move here, there's Irish people. Um, so I'm with Richie and Steve from mm-hmm. the podcast What Am Politics, mm-hmm. which the is worst, a great worst name podcast ever. <laughs> um, which basically was born out of. Uh, Richie's you can say it. <laughs> and um, his um, intellectual big brother Steve who explains everything to him. Yeah, inter- that's, that's, a, that? that's an excellent way of putting it. Is that one it? of the more creepy ways you've had your friendship described? Oh, back God, to no. You? Actually, that's probably the tamest. <laughs> yeah, the way we described it in the past was I am, when it comes to political issues, I'm like a toddler. Mm-hmm. And so I'm turning to Steve, who, you know, studied political science, who knows the stuff inside out. It's like his every day. Sure. Is stuff. Yeah, sure. Yep. This is what you do for friends. <laughs> well, that's the thing. There's a problem with having a single news source for most of these uh, <laughs> these learnings is that he could be entirely wrong in telling me nothing but lies. I mean, that's basically what most of the population do, though, isn't well, it? Well, that's true, yeah. <laughs> like, so, but mine just, no happens less to impartial me, mine just happens to be a good friend. So <laughs> I think it's fine. It's, yeah, it works. It works nice. for us. Um, so you guys are obviously Irish, mainly because of your accents, but mm-hmm. obviously because of other things. I'm actually <laughs> wearing green today, I didn't realise. Um, so the reason I wanted to talk to you guys, um, um, godfathers of Ireland, um, <laughs> is because I recently got an Irish passport. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Is that how you genuinely feel about it? I, I am Do you genuinely ge- feel jubilant? I, I, I am. I am. Yeah. I know some people were back home were kind of complaining about the, so back home, the passport authority, the, mm. the, um, the department of the Irish government who looks after passports. 
uh, were kind of understaffed with the recent wave of people mm. making applications. And I, I know they had to do a lot of last minute upstaffing to try and keep up with it. And I know certain people back home were complaining about it. I think it's great. Mm. Um, it's an obvious choice for a lot of people, especially yeah. yourself, given the familial connections. Mm. Uh, I know Colin Firth is going to turning to Italy, <laughs> but Ireland's much closer to home for you. So <laughs> like I think that, it makes sense. Get, sorry, you don't get Colin Firth, you just get me. Yeah. <laughs> Colin Firth's Italian. <laughs> Colin Firth's Italian, yeah. though. Jesus, Italian as if you didn't have enough going for him already. He's so suave. I know, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, how do you feel about it, Steve? If you had anybody, like, maybe I'm treating it in an okay way, but are other people treating it in a more arrogant way? Do you, if you had any, you know, how do you, how do you feel about so no, many... I, I don't think anybody, I haven't heard anybody begrudging it actually, like, um, and cool. normally Irish people begrudge everything. We normally have, we normally have <laughs> something more. You, you wouldn't have helped, we'd know, if there's a problem, you know about it. Yeah, yeah no, I think people yeah. are pretty happy with it. I mean, everyone understands that the Brexit thing is a huge disaster. And mm. I think we kind of empathise that people need to get whatever they can to prepare themselves for it. And plus, like, I mean, it's there. So you have an Irish parent or grandparent, I think it is, and you can, mm. like, you're entitled to it. Why not? Yeah, no, my mum's Irish. She was born in Dublin, like lived there. It's pretty Irish. Sure. It's might pretty, be, might it's be, pretty be. Irish. Although yeah. she, you know, she doesn't have an Irish accent, and no. you know, it's, it only really comes out when there's when there's disaster. So when the referendum was announced, she was like, <laughs> she was, she was immediately, immediately like, no child of mine is getting stuck in this country. She got a like, really d- dangerous low voice on and ordered oh, me wow. some forms. This before Brexit actually happened. She was like, so I already got it just before Brexit happened. Is it? Did she have in the corner of the room like a break glass and like in case of <laughs> yeah, Brexit? Yeah. And this is behind it's just the application form. <laughs> for an Irish passport. <laughs> I think everyone should have one of those. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to start with the first thing that occurred mm-hmm. to me when I was like, I, and I'm going to say I spent about five minutes Googling this, I'll be real. <laughs> Although like I was recently in Ireland and I did ask a lot of questions. Although mm-hmm. unfortunately there's not that many people about in Ireland to ask. What do you mean? <laughs> unless, there's there's unless just no one Dublin. there? No, oh, there's yeah, no yeah. one there. Anyway, <laughs> um, so I have been trying to listen to people, but but one of the things that like I me- that immediately comes up whenever you Google like history of Ireland is the word E I R E. Okay. So that era. that is exactly. So, so uh, started. Yeah, era. And that is um, the word for island in Irish. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Great start. Do you, do you, <laughs> but when you like, so but mm-hmm. do you like? I always find it really weird that like, like, do you ever find it weird that we've changed the word? to say Ireland or do you ever like did you grow up knowing both names did you always like yeah. grow up in your consciousness were you like I am an Irish citizen yeah or, like, well, that, we, that, one's, that one's pretty easy yeah. it's um we speak English so when you're speaking like a German when they're talking about Germany don't say um as I was walking home to Deutschland say, <laughs> Germany yeah so we're speaking English so we say Ireland if we were speaking Irish you're supposed to say era yeah okay cool yeah and it's like you, it. you learn yeah it's it's one of the first things you cover in in first class um Irish did you know, you when you're like Irish seven years school? old, you do, yeah, poorly. You have to, yeah, oh, you, you have, have to. to. It's, it's a requirement right the way up, yeah. Um, Can you speak some Irish now? Uh, not to make you a performing monkey. Do people do this in pubs? <laughs> do people do? Not in Ireland. The people in Ireland don't turn around and go, oh, yeah, yeah, come on, say something, say something. I'm going to go to That means kind of go to the toilet. <laughs> Amazing. That's, that's the one that's drilled into most people when you're a kid because they make you say like certain things in Irish when you're in school and asking permission to go to the toilet is mm. one you have to use every day. So that's the phrase yeah. that's drilled into my mind the most. I mean, it's the useful ones that stick. I, there's not a single day that goes by that I don't use it so yeah <laughs> especially in london that makes sense. yeah do I, i'm asking i mean it's, these are very stupid questions but mm-hmm. like would you say like most of your sp- friends speak irish and like is it like a cop so i went i lived in wales for three years mm-hmm. and a lot of local people there's a big push in wales to 
start learning Welsh again because they noticed that about two generations didn't speak it at all. Right. Um, is there like a big movement in Ireland to get people to speak it? Do, is it common to speak Irish? Like, um, well, Steve, your your answer might be slightly different to mine, but none of my friends in particular. No, sorry, not none. There there are definitely ones who are fluent, mm. but not to such a degree where they're just casually dropping in and out of English and Irish you right, know, while yeah. chatting. Like it's not like there's enough of a network within the circles I grew up in back home to just come across a bunch of people talking Irish to each mm. other. Um, so Steve, it wouldn't be like being bilingual? Uh, so, some of my friends are. Like they're mm. totally fluent and they're, they're very proud of their heritage and they're very, mm. they put a lot of emphasis on Irish. Um, Peter, who we had on the podcast for our Politics of Language episode, he's part of a huge movement back home to try and get bring Irish back, take it out of the Gaeltacht regions, which are the regions of Ireland where it's kind of these pockets where it's, it is the language mm. and try and take it out of these very, very rural um, regions and take it into the cities, like into Dublin, into pubs and into um, more everyday kind of stuff for people. But Steve, would, would any of your friends be fluent with like many of them? Um, a handful really. And like, and sometimes I'll be surprised to find out afterwards that they are fluent. Mm. Yeah. Um, Irish speakers, when they're like bopping around normal cities, they wear these little gold circles on their, like on the, on their chest, like pinned on. So that's how they identify each other. If they want to speak Irish. Is that real? Yeah, that's real. (laughs) Are you afraid? I'm so aware that you could totally lie to me in this. And I can fully lie and be like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. I can't remember what the thing is called. It's like an Iron Man where he has that big glowing circle in his chest. It's exactly (laughs) like that. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, And how do you, like, how do you feel about that? Like, that people don't speak Irish or, you know, or, you know, would you? Do you think oh, it should mean, be a movie? Is that a controversial question to ask? Like, no, you- it's not. A con- I wouldn't say it's a controversial question to ask. Just us yeah. casually. Um, I I'm regretful that after all the years and years and years I spent learning it in school, that I'm not fluent. Mm-hmm. That it's not more of a part of my everyday, especially um, how much it's part of the Ireland's identity. So I'm a little bit regretful about that. So I'm part of the problem that you know. Irish is a more widely spoken. I mean, you're spoken. living here. What you did? <laughs> exactly. There's just a lot of things wrong with Richie in his story. Steve's uh, keeping it real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he stayed in the homeland. But it, it's yeah, it's uh, certain people like so. Irish, you have to study it um, in your second level education for junior certain leaving certificate. Um, the two big examinations you you go through in second level education. Uh, people are always talking about getting rid of it, so that's not a mandatory language because you already have to learn say French or German or Spanish or some other language and why are we learn all the usual arguments come up like why are we learning this dead language or this dying language mm-hmm. um it's irrelevant it's not going to help me on the global on the global stage you know I'm not going to get like a high fluting tech business job where you know liaising in, in Irish is a big part of it so why am I bothering to learn it the counterpoint to that argument, um, Peter did a really good job of illustrating it on our episode. So not to... No side posting. Not, not to, Go and listen to yeah, it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> not to, like, just, the episode's not going to be full of me constantly mm. talking about different episodes, but this one in particular is very, very relevant. Um, and the counterpoint to that argument is very well articulated by Peter, who talks about, you know, this is part of your identity and this is part of who you are and where you come from and it's very important to the foundation of us as a people. Mm. And so, you know, it's it's only right we treat it with respect and we we maybe you know try and adopt it more and encourage it for the people who want to learn it no i mean not to force it down everyone's throats or whatever but if you do if you are proud of being irish and this is part of your pride then why not it's a facilitate this prophecy isn't it kind of is yeah, yeah really is mm. yeah um so i thought we could like roll this off with the most embarrassing thing i'll ever do 
is really? maybe so I think I'm gonna I think I think what my plan is mm-hmm. is I thought I could summarize the tensions between the North and the Republic and see how wrong I am. Like you could even have buzzers if you want. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> to, put, to put some real pressure on. Yeah, I think the buzzers might be the sound of Steve falling over. Like, oh god! Yeah, frothing at the mouth. If you hear, if you hear Steve going into I'm cardiac arrest, um, this is this uh, is fantastic. Father, I was okay. actually I was I was envisioning asking you something similar to the fact that you're bringing this to us. <laughs> I mean, bringing the real comedy and dragging yeah. opportunities. Okay. Um. Okay. <clears throat> A long, long time ago. <laughs> in, Irish, a land, in, in Irish, that's Fado, Fado. Fado, Fado, where are we? Oh, we? Oh, <laughs> I'm never going to start. There's not um, enough beer in this can. <laughs> I'm already gone. Um, so uh, everyone was proper pagan long time ago. <laughs> Yeah, oh God. From, from well, well pagan. Well pagan. And then, proper pagan, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, proper <laughs> pagan. And um, then the Normans, was me, because my name's Normington, my surname's Normington, I came over, well, you know, the Normans came over mm-hmm. and they were like, yo. Yeah, bastards. Yeah, exactly. Sorry about it, sorry about it. <laughs> um, they came over and they were like, Catholicism, hey, which is obviously just Christianity because it's the only t- type of Christianity. So they made Ireland pretty Catholic and and a lot of England pretty. He's already squeaking. Oh Do you have something to say, Steve? No, keep going. Keep going. Steve, shush. Okay, we have to be respectful. Ireland pretty Catholic. Um, and then England decided to be Anglican because they were dick, <laughs> and we had a really fat king who fucking hated his wife. Um. So we became Anglican and then we were like, can't have them being Catholic. <laughs> um, so, so then... I'm expecting you to go and then like the potato famine was an inside job <laughs> by, the ch- by the Church of England. <laughs> That's just something I, I learned in my job at a broadsheet newspaper. Um, so then we became Anglican. England became pretty Anglican. And they were like, fuck this. They can't be Catholic. We have to control them. So they like took over Ireland. <laughs> And they were like, you have to be Anglican. And Ireland was like, nah. And then there was, a big, <laughs> there was a big argument. And they were like, do you know what we need to do? We need to plant Anglicans. And they got loads of English people, English farmers. <laughs> so no, Scottish farmers, Scottish farmers. Hey. So that's what, which I think is what my granddad was. Oh no, my great, great, great granddad. So it was like 400 years ago. Yeah, I was going to say your granddad. That's how <laughs> like, granddad you got. We live he was pretty a late really to the party. long time. <laughs> yeah. he's, still, he's over in Ireland now Eat trying to bring greens, it back. Guys. Um, <laughs> is this one of the planting that's happening then, isn't it? <laughs> he's trying to, your granddad's trying to start his own plantation like Mr. now McGregor. in 2017. Um, so, uh, so I think that's what where my Irish history stems from is, is um, lots of Scottish farmers being moved to Ireland to start farms and make and push Irish Catholics out of their farms and get them to work for the farms for ship pay, like proper under living wage, not mm-hmm. even living wage. Um, yeah, well, I, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> Doing well. Worse than McDonald's at the time. Worse than McDonald's. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, they weren't having it. No. <laughs> Lots of fighting. Fair Easter amount. uprising. Easter uprising. Okay. The egg. The Easter rising. Rising <laughs> no. up. And then. That's the, that's that, no. That's the movie title. It's like Easter Rising: Colon Rising Up, <laughs> directed by Michael Bay. <laughs> Sounds like a great like title of an album. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, and then. 
lots of lots of fighting, some troubles, mm-hmm. some tr- troubles. There you go. <laughs> lots of troubles, uh, um, lots of of separation, and then now you're cool. But that might be because uh, of Europe. <laughs> Because one of the things that helped was that the Republic of Ireland joined Europe and changed the euro. And obviously at the same time, uh, the re- like Britain joined the euro- Europe and then they joined were like, the sweet, we'll open the borders, chill. And the, then and, and then we left for Brexit. The, <laughs> the end. And now you know the rest of the story. <sighs> Steve, how did she do? How would you grade, if this was a paper that was handed up to you, how would you grade it? Um, I'd ask her to repeat the year. <laughs> repeat the life. Yeah. Start at birth. Yeah. <laughs> Relive yeah. life. Yeah. So is that like, did you guys get taught any of this stuff Absolutely when you were in, none in of school? That. None of that. Really? No, nothing. No, it's not on the curriculum at all. At and all. I've recently read the curriculum and there's definitely nothing Yeah, I, there I saw your video. Your video was very good. It was, oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> so I can plug you back. <laughs> A bit more eloquent than that was. <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. The, the, so just before we get into corrections, uh, because there will be some. Uh, <laughs> just wipe it and start again. Yeah. So you, you said there was no mention, like what, like no mention whatsoever. Like how did Ireland come? Because I assume you had history like, modules. I, and I assumed something. They must have touched on it even a little bit. Um, so we t- touched mainly on the Reformation and um, how the Anglican Church was created. Okay. And I'm then not tangentially, lie. it just. I mean, I did go to an Anglican Christian church. Of course. School, okay. So, um, that might have been why, but like, I, I'm, I'll be honest, like it genuinely wasn't touched. And <laughs> how would you feel uh, your peers, like what would their version of what you just said be? Do you think they would be any more confident? Or I, I mean, so I lived with a few people in um, university who did not know that Ireland, like the Republic of Ireland was independent from the UK. No, in university you say. University, that's not a requirement. When it came up in a very awkward taxi ride with our Irish friend. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but, and and I, I know I'm just speaking for me and maybe the circles I run in, but mm-hmm. I would say like that's, that's like, I'm probably middle of the road. Yeah. And I, I know it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, there's a, there's a look of regret. Uh, in Richie's eyes. For, I can't, see Steve's I can't believe I invited you into my home. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I genuinely think it's a it's something that we're not taught about, right. and also it's something that's not talked about. Like it's not something we're like, oh, it's weird that we know we're never taught about that, and it's not something we, um, in a post mortem kind of way, look back at our education yeah. and go, why don't we know about Ireland? We're like, yeah. Ireland, they got on with their thing. Yeah, yeah, they're they're cool now. <laughs> they're nice. So therefore, oh, but as soon as it's Saint Saint Patrick's Day, yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> everyone's that's a different Irish. story. Yeah, um, that's the part that the part that makes me the most sad about that though is that like part of Ireland is in the United Kingdom, mm-hmm. is part of the same mm-hmm. country. Yes, yeah. that that was the point I was about to make. I mean, I think that's what the big rub for a lot of people from Northern Ireland, of course, um, is that we don't even know. You of know. course, of course. I mean, but if you ask me about Scottish history, I'd probably know about it as much. Yeah. Cornish, oh, okay. Cornish history, gone. What is that? <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, a, that's just God's waiting room for English what old people to wait to die. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, how beautiful. Um, uh, yeah, like the, the, hmm. the, so like I, I lived in America for a couple of years and the level of, of um, the, or the lack of particular knowledge, like what you're mm. describing there, is very prevalent. Um, and that, I think that's the case across the board because Ireland is this, weird uh has this it's this weird history of we're, we're a nation of immigrants so we're always like way back to the famine we've always been you know leaving and heading to the four corners of the world and setting up new lives but we're also um a very i would say sociable and chatty nation 
Um, we've got a lot of very articulate people. Basically, it's a very windy, rainy island. So all you do is drink and write. <laughs> you know, that was <laughs> historically the, the, the pastimes. And so we, we had a lot of um, excellent writers and people who could go out, like once they went, could tell a story or share a message. And so I think that's one of the reasons why Ireland is such a well-known, for such a small, little, windy island, like a tiny, mm. tiny little island. It's very well-known across mm. the globe, but it kind of only goes skin deep. Mm. And a lot of the subtleties as you drill down are lost. Um, that's fine when you're in West Coast America, but you know, for our closest neighbor, having that same knowledge given our history and given how interwoven we are, I think it makes it a little bit, sting, it makes it, it makes sting a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, because like it's not like, mm. hey, we just spot each other across the room. We've got a long and complicated history going yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. And so to not have that level of awareness and I, I, living in London now, I do encounter it quite a bit. Like the All-Ireland Final, mm. our national sport was on a couple of weeks ago. And we went to go see in the pub and had a great time. And afterwards, we met up with a couple of friends and uh, a couple of them, like English, uh, didn't know that Ireland had its own national sport. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And this is yeah, the thing that yeah. had just happened that day. And it's like a big, huge thing. And I, at the time, I was like, I know about cricket. I know about the Premier League. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that, that work both ways a little yeah. bit? <laughs> Do you think, I think, I think like, and again, I don't really know, but I, I feel like part of the way the curriculum has been constructed before is that any topic that is contentious in the news currently being debated and they feel that people's like parents parents of the children's like opinions could go either way they just steer clear of really yeah and there was a lot of like irish um like irish families in coventry like where i'm from but but it wasn't really spoken about or you know interesting so let's go back to your summary because I'm interested to get Steve's like, Steve's like, see, see Steve's like red sharp. He comes out and what Don't things he circles, what things he highlights. We can start with the pagan analogy. Yeah, it yeah being that's well pagan. Analogy. <laughs> you, fell, you fell at the very first hurdle. Um, first of all, the it was Celts in Ireland and Saxons and Anglos in the UK. There was no Normans around when this was going on. Oh, damn and it. Ireland actually became Christian before the, the main British island. No way. Um, and most of the missionaries were going the other way, going over to uh, Christianize the, the crazy pagans living in Scotland, Wales and England and Cornwall, which was its own country back then. How did I get that then? Well, I don't know. <laughs> and here we are. If we knew that, then I don't think this podcast episode would be I didn't know happening. that at all. Okay. Yeah, that's actually, that's like, that's not really that well known because, mm. and uh, St. Patrick, our most famous saint, he's actually Welsh. Yeah. So back in those days, like, I guess it's like six, six or seven hundreds, Ireland was kind of the strong country around the time at this area. So they were like going over and raiding and stealing all the stuff that they could from from Britain. And uh, they actually grabbed a few slaves from Wales, including little Patrick, who was a, sh- a shepherd. And uh, he got taken over to Ireland, had to work as a slave for a while, um, broke free or was released. I can't remember. And then went to Rome, became uh, became a priest and came back and did all the Christianizing. But it had already been pretty I well done by them. But he, he gets the credit. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's a saint. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's why he's a saint. He also got rid of all the snakes, apparently, although <laughs> there's not a lot Effective. of evidence. <laughs> I have to call him yeah. on that one. <laughs> yeah, Take yeah, away yeah. his sainthood. <laughs> All the snakes are gone. There were no snakes before. There's no snakes now is all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look around, look, hey, hey, look around. Any snakes? No, but Patrick, that's not my, rest my case. Snake emoji, snake yeah. emoji. Yeah. No one questioned that but, back then. But go on. And then the other bit is that um, there was never really a single point where you can say that the English came over and took over Ireland mm. because 
it's like Dublin was was a Viking city and then became an Irish city, but it was always kind of trading. And there was there was actually a lot of people that I guess you would call them English now living here. And it was kind of what was the area became to know what was the pale because it was a lot more English and, and Saxon than than the rest of Ireland, which was more Celtic. So like even now today, if someone from the countryside in Ireland wants to make fun of Dublin, they call it the pale to try and insinuate that it's less Irish than the rest of the place. It's no uh, it's kind of like a chip on the shoulder that a lot of dubs have. Um, so eventually I think the Normans came over and conquered a bit but then they eventually just started riding loads of Irish people and became Irish themselves and then tale as old as time <laughs> then the English came over with I think it was Henry and a few of the others and he tried to call himself the King of Ireland and then when he declared himself the Protestant King he tried to do it in Ireland as well but everyone just ignored him and you're right it wasn't until they actually started the planting that it like it really it really turned into what you would call a colony compared mm. to just like another European kingdom that was swapping hands every so often. And there was a couple of big battles between the Irish aristocrats and the English. And eventually all the Irish aristocrats left and never came back. And basically Ireland was just there for the taking. And that's what happened then. They moved in. Um, British landlords took all the lands pretty much in the whole country. But especially up in the north, they moved in a lot of um, Scottish um, Scottish planters took the land and put them there and they're the people that would be the unionist Protestants that live up there now who aren't actually Anglican most of them are Presbyterian would you believe <laughs> so yeah that's and then you know revolution this and that killing English people which is our national anthem is about um, <laughs> re- uh, independence in 22 declared a republic in the 50s and here we are today we have the euro you guys don't and now you're leaving the European Union and you're going to make <laughs> it very difficult for me to drive home when I have to go through Northern Ireland thanks Sauce. Lena <laughs> God. Public enemy. <laughs> yeah. And then we have this podcast, which is just like the convergence of all of the things we just talked about. Interesting. Yeah. So I didn't know a lot of that. But <laughs> like, <laughs> did you learn that at school? Uh, not really, actually, to be honest, because our education system is pretty flawed as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when the Irish state was built, a lot of what the guys who like led the revolution and then took over afterwards when the English left was to... Um, was to develop an identity, like a proper Irish identity. Because for about like 400 years or so, Ireland really was part of the United Kingdom. And a lot of people like would call, would call themselves British without thinking twice about it and would be as Irish as I would be today. Mm-hmm. It was just like a core, it was like a dual identity, like someone would be European and Irish. They could be British and Irish back then. So then the guys who wanted independence and freedom started to really emphasize the fact that no, 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 we're different. We're like a Celtic nation. We used to speak Irish before we were forced to speak English and we, we shouldn't have anything to do with them. They're oppressors. And then they a lot of the identity of being Irish was made to be not English, like anti-English, if, that, if, if you get yeah, me. Yeah, so it kind of and like exists as a binary in that everything, yeah, exactly. everything that Ireland is, is what England isn't. Oh God. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, a lot of our, like, I mean, for primary school, the history that you're taught are actually Celtic leg- legends and you're taught about them as if they're true, like uh, kids turning into swans and oh all these other crazy myths. Like, that, uh, that wasn't true. <laughs> Uh, no. Still waiting to send us one. And wait, oh, Sunday. It's just like that ugly duckling story. It's just like, Forever a gosling. Yeah, no, Richie, the story of Richie is just like the ugly duckling who grew up to be an ugly duck. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So you're learning already. Also embarrassing, but mainly interesting. And I think maybe you can't have one without the other. Yeah, exactly. Oh, welcome. This is basically every episode of What on so, Politics. It's just me going, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Like, oh. Um, I mean, I mean the Irish people we got a huge advantage over you guys in turning in terms of knowing more about your neighbor because we grow up watching English TV mm. all the time it's like in Ireland we only have four channels and uh 
all the other channels that we get on our TVs are UK, like Sky, BBC, Channel 4, all them. And most of the TV that's on them is better, so you just watch that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, we're being surrounded by your culture all the time, so we're learning your history just by accident, whereas you guys, I guess, hardly ever have any... I mean, you probably couldn't name any of the four TV channels now, could you? That we have. You have four? <laughs> there we go. There's your answer. There's, do you know um, Father Ted? I do know Father Ted. That's the start. Actually, that was the Channel 4. Isn't that what we that created was, to mock a, you? It was that like was a, a hat-trick production. Yeah, it was like calling four. Gavin and Stacey Welsh yeah, TV. They, they, or, uh, they did take it to RTE, but they didn't like it. Was, yeah, it was, they were in the stranglehold of Catholicism at the point. And do they you didn't have want your to own see. soap operas? We do. Yes. We have yeah. two, Fair City and what's the Irish one, Ross Naroon. Ross Naroon, yeah. yeah. Stephen Fry was on that Stephen, speaking Irish. Stephen Fry, Stephen Fry was doing like his, this no special way. on, on languages of the world. I'm going to go back and watch these. He, he went and he learned Irish and he went on an episode of Ross Naroon and he spoke very well, very articulately. Mm. Um, he also around the time of the, uh, the, the equal marriage referendum, he put out a, a plea on QI, Oscailga, like in Irish and super eloquent. Again, I just love Stephen oh. Fry, so I'll... That's amazing. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, it's really nice. Well, a ledge. Mm-hmm. Um, so as part of that, I think that something that people refer to a lot, but I genuinely have, have, have very little idea about is the potato famine. Inside job. More in that, when that. I had an Irish housemate, we hid a potato. She didn't find it funny. <laughs> you wait, what happened? <laughs> You hid the potato? <laughs> well, we always it say it like, <laughs> She broke into my room and put all my furniture on my bed. <laughs> so Your response was to hide I mean, her so, spud. Uh, so the rest of us, so basically we always play, so it was about four of us and we were like, what should we do? What should we, how should we get Irene back? And then someone was like, hide the potatoes. And I was like, not really sure why, but we'll do it. Oh my God. <laughs> she wasn't and happy. And was she offended by it? Um, only a little bit. I mean, it was a pretty, it was a pretty pranky house. There was one time I froze her eggs. <laughs> That's good. Have you ever seen a frozen egg? Anyway, not the point. <laughs> um, what, like the potato Wait, famine. was the frozen egg thing racist in any way or is that just like a fun I mean, it, I think it was a fertility joke. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's not a very complex one, but it was definitely a fertility joke. Anyway, we were supposed to wrap each other's underwear in cellophane. So if you're trying to get out the door really fast, you can get to your underwear because it's all in like oh, that's brilliant. cellophane. Anyway, that's brilliant. tips, tips. Yeah. Um, the potato famine. The potato that famine. That was us. That was that was an inside and it job. Was bad. <laughs> that was not an inside job. That was uh that was wasn't a blight. It, it's a it's it's a super easy to treat plant based disease that mm. like that that's farmers spray for now. But back then there was no real way of treating it, and and um, it spreads mm. uh, quite easily. So it, it basically decimated uh, our entire potato crop, and Ireland was very reliant. You know, it's it's a it's we've got we do have fertile soil, but it's also like I said a very uh, rainy windy mm. place and you know before fertilizers root vegetables were probably the easiest thing to grow at the time and so we became very dependent on them mm. especially like the the poorer um classes mm. and so when you're deprived of your main food source it's kind for, of shit it, it's, it's a little bit shit <laughs> it's not a great christmas no, um, <laughs> did we uh help you did uh, did england come and help or no, is that no. is, is that one of so the things where it's kind of i actually fault? learned about something like, recently there, so there's this there was this expression that's kind of died out now but so if you were someone like me an irish person who came over to london uh a certain type of person during a certain time might accuse you of um tasting the soup or getting the soup or oh I bet the soup tastes good and it's basically <laughs> uh, do you know about this Steve? I only learned about this yeah. recently yeah so it's um, uh, back when the potato famine was happening uh, rather than send over any sort of you know aid <laughs> the, the Church of England instead sent over like missionaries who would establish soup kitchens uh, to try and lure in the hungry masses 
And now there was diff- there's different levels of what they did. Some of them required you to convert. That you would be baptized on the spot to change. Holy fuck. Yes. Quite uh, so, so that was like the, the extreme end of it. Others would just give it to you. You know what I mean? Like, but you would be very much be getting it from these missionaries. And so for very proud Irish people, like the, like the, the Catholic church would go, hey, it's better to die. It's, be-, you know, like <laughs> yeah. the leader of your parish might be going, hey, it's better. It's more noble for you to, um, to starve rather than take the soup. Um, rather, to, you know, even, even if you weren't, Converting, mm. if you're just going and seeking this this um, this aid, um, you know this this isn't the right way to go. This isn't mm. very Catholic. Uh, I learned about that recently, and that's <laughs> horrific. That's scary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, no real, no real help from mm. our, our English buddies back then. <laughs> Sauce. Yeah, and we're not being much help since, really. <laughs> it's been well, a bit of a. It wasn't just that. There was like it wasn't just potatoes being grown here. There was other food being grown, like for export and. Rather than going, oh, okay, maybe we shouldn't take it out as usual. Maybe we should give it to the people who don't have any of their own food. Mm. They're like, nah, fuck it. We're just going to keep on taking it out of the country mm. while everyone yeah. around it starved. So, so Ireland never really recovered. Um, we used to have 8 million people on the island before that. Yeah. Uh, it was in the 1850s. And afterwards, between a million people dying and people just emigrating constantly after that, like our population now is still only... I think it's about five and a half on the whole island. So four and a half here and one million up in the north. Yeah, I think the last census wow. was like 4.7 million in the Republic. So it's never really bounced back to that. No, like there, I remember hearing some like uh, estimates about like if people hadn't emigrated and if those people hadn't died and we continued on the same population trajectory, you're talking like like maybe like 18 million, 19 million or something yeah. like that. Like, yeah, something significant. Because like the population is very... It's more dense in Dublin, obviously mm. it's their capital, but it's very sparse uh, the, on the more rural west coast. Mm. Very, very sparse. Um, not a very densely populated. So you're going to have to have loads of children. I myself, <laughs> I'm Richie. It's going to be like a country of von Trapp family. So <laughs> yeah. you're going to be like, yeah, I'm taking it upon myself <laughs> to repopulate. <laughs> I know there's no shortage of children being made here. Um, I have my mother has nine brothers and sisters, and my dad has ten. Wow. Mm. Bre- and that's pretty common. Yeah, breathing like huge, a huge rabbit yeah. was like. <laughs> <laughs> but they just left. They just they didn't stay. They let they would emigrate and right. leave. Yeah. Why why are they leaving now? Uh, now, well, I guess Richie's the person so, to ask that. Yeah, isn't he? why would he you left. leave? Uh, is it like a cultural curiosity yeah, thing? So, is it so like a is, kind of opportunities, jobs? It is. Yeah, it's like a it's it's both. So there is like we we have been emigrating for generations and generations now. So there is this inbuilt. Like there's there's a social there's not social expectancy but there is a precedent socially for like all of your friends going um there's like a there's like a, there's a, so there's a couple of factors like Ireland's a very small island mm. so there's not a whole lot to it you know what I mean like y- you kind of have to go go fly somewhere else if you want to go experience the wider world it's a very um it's getting better now obviously for sure but it, for a long time it's a very homogenous place culturally um like 93% Catholic white in the 90s kind of deal like very very homogenous so if you want to go experience the wider world you have to go abroad mm. also then uh like there's there's economic reasons um there's more work abroad uh like again there, that changed over time with the celtic tiger when more um uh, foreign investments started coming in more more like american corporations coming in there's there's more job opportunities then but for the longest time there wasn't so if you wanted to go away and earn your fortune and provide for your family back home then you had to go abroad uh more recently it is maybe more of that, just like, hey, it's just a fun thing to do. And there, because we've been emigrating for so long, there's all of these systems in place that make it easier. So the J-1 visa 
um, super easy to get when you're a college student. So you can go right over to the States for a couple of months up to, I think, uh, six certain versions of the J1 visa. You can do a year and a half. Um, also the visa I was on when I went to California, I was on an L1 visa, which is an intra-company transfer visa. So if you work for an American company, you can just get an L1 visa and go over and it's no problem at all. Like Ireland has such good relationships with um, the likes of America, Canada and Australia that if you follow the procedures and depending on the cutoff points they have, it can be pretty easy Mm -hmm. to go move to these places and especially like London it was very easy for me to come here as well yeah it was much easier with an Irish passport than yeah. a UK one yeah exactly so um so there's it's just a combination of like the economic reasons social reasons and then just all these structures in place that just make it very or uh, it's, it's never easy to leave your home obviously and mm. go to a foreign country but all those things considered it's easier than say uh, I have a friend who lives in Tanzania and he's now yeah, I, I became friends with him in California and the amount of effort he had to go through to obtain his American mm-hmm. visa. And even when he goes home it's and then has to re-enter America, it's way more of a complicated process. Um, Ireland is very lucky in the relationships we have with these main countries. Like that's like that. The people always emigrate to um, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, um, America and the UK. Mm-hmm. Those are like the big ones. I think. Ireland is the only country in the world where um, the American immigration officers actually, they work in Dublin airport. So if you're flying direct to the US from Dublin, yeah. you get your visa checked in Dublin by an American immigration official who has the gun and the badge and all the crap. Oh. And there's yeah. a picture of the president on the wall and all that. Yeah, you go through the um, the uh, the um, the American consulate area and it's just all American staff at Barack Obama or now Trump was hanging up on the wall uh, looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, they all have... Guns. It's just like it's it's basically like American soil. It's like a, a, an extension of the embassy, and so then when you land, you just land in the domestic terminal. And you're just like that's how good the relationships are between that's Ireland crazy. and America. Too many questions can drive someone mad, so why don't we listen to it? It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Again, well, actually, actually, the reason that they have that there is isn't really because of good relations. Um, Ireland back in the eighties and the nineties had a big problem of sending people to the US illegally. Not to, like <laughs> Richie's talking about all the nice ways to do it. Like most of my uncles and people that I know of my dad's mum's generation, they went there without a visa. They just went there to work mm. illegally, and people still do quite that quite a lot now as well. Mm. Um, like for example, I couldn't go to the US now unless I had a company sponsoring me, which isn't going to happen. But I know a lot of people that would just go. Um, get on a plane, stay there for six months and just work for cash. And um, they, it's really easy to get caught now because they just look at your at your in and out exit things and they go, you overstayed by your visa by three months, you were clearly working. So they ban you from ever entering the States again. And now they catch you in Dublin airport and stop you from getting on the plane as opposed to going all the way to the States. Yeah, so it's more like a have, let's turn around, but yeah, we are not flying you back. Hours. Oh, that's exactly. interesting. That's, yeah. But the Irish government is like, oh, no, no, it's because of our good relations with America. Don't they love us so much? <laughs> Man, I, I fell for that hook, line and sinker, <laughs> didn't I? See, this is why I need Steve, because I'll just be like wide eyed, like doe eyed, just naive idiot going, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> So another thing that's to do with that, I guess, is that like, especially when I've been to America, but it's just kind of anywhere, people are claiming to be Irish. And yes. like, that's one of the things that I'm like, I have an Irish passport. I wouldn't say I was Irish. Yeah. And you know, like, um, especially in America, there was lots of people who were like, I have a great grandmother yes. who was very Irish. Her name was <laughs> O. Neil or old <laughs> Sarah. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. You know, how do you feel about so many people claiming to be Irish, uh, especially if they can't get a passport? Like, is that, is that what? I mean, I think like there's, I'm, I'm of two minds for it. Before I went to the States, I was kind of whatever. I was very indifferent towards it. Didn't yeah. really have any strong feelings. Um, it, it, it started to grade on me an awful lot while I was over there, particularly around say Paddy's day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it does go back to the thing I mentioned before about being a nation of immigrants uh, we just went to these places and put down roots um, and we were very like, you know, we, we like Irish people would go in and like, especially like in, in like places like Boston, New York um, would join law enforcement or would become journalists, you know, uh, high profile things where you had a bit of influence and you, and you had a bit of exposure and, and you got to be an extension of your country and your identity in this foreign place. And mm-hmm. it just kind of spread from there. So it, it, I guess it does stand to reason that this is the reaction now. But it, it does get very annoying when they mispronounce words or they call it St. Patty's Day and says it's St. Patty's Day. Yeah, that was, that's that. a big one. Yeah. So but then it, like patty companies are getting on it. What even is a patty? A pat like a patty? Oh, a patty is like a, like a meat patty, you mean? Yeah, is that or, what it is? Well, pat, so it's a burger. Yeah, it's a burger. It's a burger. But like they, they're abbreviating Patrick to Patty because they think that's the correct abbreviation. But the right. real abbreviation is Paddy with two Ds. You know, just things like that, like yeah. small things that like great over time when you're over, like when I was over there, it just became too much yeah. like my first Paddy's Day in America uh, I went to an Irish bar with some friends because they all like they're like oh let's go for Paddy's Day with the Irish guys it's gonna be great let's just like sit in the corner and look at them and he'll do something Irish and we'll all clap and it'll be great they took me to an Irish bar and I went up and I asked for a Guinness because you know mm. Paddy's Day why wouldn't you yeah exactly and um, they gave me uh, first of all Guinness doesn't 
travel very well mm. and there's an awful lot of like you know there's a certain way of pouring you have to yeah, pour no, and yeah I used to work in a bar and, and I poured some bad Guinnesses and oh. I got told <laughs> oh, about yeah. it like oh, yeah. I, was, I did not let it sit for long enough before yeah, I exactly. topped that shit up an Irish and, person oh, will correct and I was a Welsh person <laughs> <laughs> they're, yeah. they're protecting you over there they're really protecting the Guinness brand exactly um but like I, when I was in this this Irish bar in St. Paddy's, they asked for a Guinness and they they poured it. They just didn't do any of the the resting or anything like that. They just poured it really quickly, kind of splashed everywhere, and gave it to me. And they presented it to me in a plastic Bud Light cup, like what you would get at like a shitty festival. See, I know that's sacrilege. Yeah, that's the, the, <laughs> how do the, I know that yeah. part? Of- Speaking to those moments, mm. I find those very annoying. But the whole idea of Hey, I'm Irish. Or getting in on things in Paddy's Day, or or celebrating that 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 heritage, especially in America where they are a melting pot and they're made up mm. of a lot of different cultures. And you, if you want to have a strong like sense of cultural identity, you do kind of have to reach back that way. So, um, I think I do think it's good to that end. It's just to some of the smaller things, just great on me just a little bit. Yeah. Fun. What about you, Steve? I like it. I like it that people can identify as being Irish as like a second identity. Mm-hmm. I don't care if. Someone who has an Irish great grandparent wants to call themselves Irish, or someone has an Irish parent wants to call themselves Irish. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's up to yourself to give yourself what identity you want. It doesn't hurt me if you call yourself Irish. Yeah, just don't serve me shitty Guinness, and we'll, we'll get on just fine. <laughs> just don't, like, don't order a Guinness. Don't order Guinness in America. It's very simple. At you. Yeah. Oh my God, lucky charms. <laughs> yeah, so, so profiting off Irish like identity is interesting. Yeah. The as well. shock like, I got in the states when people didn't know, like they assumed lucky charms like the national dish over here it's like it's not we never it's if we if we, we want to get our, our lucky charms we have to like order them in from america and they're obscenely expensive is it true that top of the morning is not a thing as well it's not a it's thing all lies. it's not a <laughs> thing it's all marketing it's not a thing oh. it's actually top of the it's top of the evening yeah top of the top evening it's the bottom of the evening and top of the morning surely yes. depending <laughs> on how much you're drinking <laughs> depends on how many guinness you're out of the yeah. oh, okay um here's my most serious question mm-hmm. Is the are the IRA terrorists in your opinion? And do you think that the British attitude to the IRA is a bit weird? Because a lot of a lot of people. So Jeremy Corbyn was recently slated for at some point in his 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 career having written for a, a, a I think it was in magazine that an, somebody from the IRA had also written for. And like any in 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 Britain, any association with the IRA or any mention of them is like terrorists, mm-hmm. awful people. But, but nobody really knows what they stood for. Mm-hmm. And I find it a bit weird. And I've recently been thinking a lot about terrorists because also yeah. do not like suffragettes. Do they count as terrorists? They did bomb things. Right. Anyway. Uh, I'll, let, contra- I'll let Steve, Steve answer this. Steve, 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 is, yeah, Steve would be the one to answer this. Uh, my opinion on this has actually developed a bit. So about like over the last 10 years, 10 years ago, I would have immediately said, yeah, terrorists, mm-hmm. they didn't have to do all that. That was just disgusting, terrible violence, not necessary. Um, but I've actually, I've talked to a lot more people from Northern Ireland. Um, like the IRA is really a Northern Irish thing. It's not really a thing that me or Richie would have had much experience with firsthand. Um, when I was growing up, I grew up in Dublin first until I was a teenager and uh when I was driving up to my, my mother's from Donegal, which is in the northwest of the Republic, but it's actually more north than Northern Ireland, but not part of Northern Ireland. Mm. So it's kind of confusing. But the quickest way to get there is to drive through Northern Ireland. And in the 90s, we had to stop at a British Army checkpoints. And my, my parents had to explain where they were going, what was in the car, wow. um, how long they would drive through and all that kind of stuff, which is a bit strange because we're driving through roads on our own country. Mm. Um, that's all gone now since the since the peace process in the late 90s. Um, 
because the violence has stopped. So they don't really need them. The last time I remember getting stopped actually was in the 2000s when I was living in Donegal driving the other way. My dad was driving me down to an Eminem concert when I was <laughs> oh, 16. Yeah. I think I was 16. I can I guess. see so that, Steve. I can see that. Oh, man. <laughs> Like, like, yeah, I guess it was six shaved Well, the real, real Irish people, please stand up. <laughs> Slim um, O'Shady. <laughs> but we were driving, it must have been actually 2003 or 2004, because if I was 16, it would have been, it would have been like about then. So I, um, we were just driving through one of the towns in the morning. I guess it was like, it wasn't too late, too early because it was sunlight. But a British soldier, he must have been about 18, was just walking down the street with a huge big machine gun on patrol. And uh, he put his hand up, got my dad to stop. Uh, dad rolled down the window immediately because you're talking to someone in authority who's holding a machine gun you start to get nervous um mm-hmm. so the the soldier was like all right mate where are you going to he's like oh i'm just driving my son down to the concert and then awkward silence i just want to try the drugs before he does ha 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 <laughs> and then the soldier just kind of looks at him and goes all right mate drive on <laughs> oh my god uh so then, then I think pretty much immediately after that, those soldiers were gone, and I don't. There's only like there's a couple of bases now, but they don't have the patrol like they used to. Mm. Um, but the IRA, um, so they did a lot of very bad things. So I guess it's pretty understandable that if you're English, you would hate them because they did put bombs in pubs in England and killed innocent civilians who had nothing to do with the conflict mm. that was going on in a different place. So yes, that that was horrendous and awful, but. The, the place that they came from was Northern Ireland, where uh, the Protestant majority of 60% of the people kept the, the Catholic minority of 40% totally under their thumb. They used to like draw the boundaries of the electoral districts to make sure that they never got any representation in government. So it was always run by Protestants. Um, there, was no, there was no state jobs, which was a big thing in Northern Ireland, still is for Catholics. And um, the police were 100% Protestant and um were pretty discriminatory against Catholics. So it was really like a 100% like semi-apartheid kind of system where you had a second class citizens living in their country. And in the 60s, when all these civil rights movements were going on around the world, um, the Catholics thought that it was their opportunity to kind of join in. So they started marching um, in, in big like peaceful protest movements to try and get some rights. And... In, I can't remember, I think it might have been 68, they had a march in Derry and, uh, or Londonderry, as you call it, if you're, if you're unionist inclined. They um, marched there and the British army had been on the streets because there had been some trouble. But the actual British army were there to protect Catholic populations against Protestants from attacking them. So wow, a lot of the Catholic people were actually, yeah, they were actually happy to see the British soldiers there because they were saving them from getting attacked. But on Bloody Sunday, um, the British army did some for some stupid reason it's still being investigated they opened fire on the civilians and killed 13 people um 13 entirely innocent people who had nothing to do with anything because they said that they were getting fired upon i think it's been pretty well established that they actually weren't and it was just a total overreaction that these people died for nothing and then immediately after that um people that were wanted freedom didn't really see any other option except for going for violence so mm. a lot of them joined up with the ira i heard another story when i was up there from uh He's a man who runs a peace centre in Enniskillen on the site of like the last big bomb of the pro- of the of Northern Ireland where like 20 people died in the town. There's actually like um, a peace centre where they take in kids from around the world and use the Northern Ireland conflict to try and teach them about how to get peace. And he runs that centre now on the site of where the bomb went off. And he was telling me, he told his story first to the kids from all around the world at this, this programme I was on. But then later on, I was in the pub with him and then he told me the rest of the real story. So his... Um, his father tried to march for peace back around the same time and nearly got beaten to death by the uh, by the Northern Irish police. And then his brother 
um, immediately joined the IRA and went into Donegal in my county in the Republic to like some some training camp in the hills. And he had to go and drive into that camp and try and get his brother to come home and stop him from from joining up. So you hear these kind of stories still coming out now and a lot of people like you don't really talk about it. So you could have an uncle or or someone in your town that would be of that age when they could have been in the IRA, but no one would talk about it now. You would never, ever mention it. So you would never know. It's just it's always kept yeah. under under key now. Like a lot of people in in Ireland, in the Republic now will say, we hate the IRA, we hate Sinn Féin. If we were in that position, we would have kept it peaceful. But you like to use the old hippie thing from Vietnam, you weren't there, man. You don't know. <laughs> Is that like, it's impossible. Yeah. It's impossible to say what you would do in that kind of a situation. Things were really tough. And then it turned into a horrific war where people were living in terrible conditions for decades. Mm. It's kind of over. It's mostly over now, you know, touch wood. And they're, they forced the two parties to come together and, and govern together. And they, like the Catholics have pretty much good rights now. You can live a happy and full life if you're, if you're part of the Catholic. Um, I think nearly the population is nearly 50-50 at this stage. And I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a referendum up there to, to reunite Ireland that the Northern Irish would actually go, eh, nah, you're okay. We're okay with being mm. part of the UK for now anyway. Yeah, until we fuck up with Brexit. <laughs> yeah, well, that is going to fuck um, things yeah, up quite TBC, a lot. Yeah, TBC, TBC. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, I don't know. I think it's. I guess we gloss over a lot of history, like, and, and forget the the controversies of it, depending mm. on who's won. But mm. I, I definitely, the more I look into like the history of the suffragette movement, I'm like, yeah, we definitely wouldn't have got there without bombing, like, putting bombs in um, post boxes and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. It's it's very, and the same with Nelson Mandela. Like, yeah, he was def- he definitely would have been classed as a terrorist. At, like. I mean, that's inherent in, in, re- in revolution is, you know, yeah. you're revolting against something. Yeah, and but I think it's interesting because in, in Britain, at least, like, you know, even the mention that Jeremy Corbyn might have smelt somebody who was in the IRA. It's yeah. like, oh, shame yeah, well, on him, really character. Hip- yeah, that's really hypocritical because mm. that's the whole, like, actually Sinn Féin, they're, they're the political movement in, in Ireland and Northern Ireland that came from what was the IRA. Um, they're totally... They're totally peaceful now and are just a regular political party and just as annoying as all the other ones now. But <laughs> they are basically the guys who used to be the IRA. Mm. And um, like Jerry Adams, the figure that everyone knows, it used to be that when he spoke on Irish television, you weren't allowed to hear the voice of a speaker for the IRA. So they actually had to record someone else saying his words and they dubbed it over. Really? What, because yeah. the voice would be persuasive or like what? Or is it just like hiding his identity? No, no, no. He was there like at a press conference speaking. But in in the Republic of Ireland, you weren't allowed to hear the voice of an IRA spokesperson, mm. but they still, for some reason, wanted to hear what he was saying. So to get around the censorship law that existed from whenever, they would have like me speaking instead. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and now he's a Twitter celebrity. <laughs> well, the guy yeah, who now did he's a Twitter it, celebrity. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, some, some pretty, some pretty crazy name? tweets. Okay. Jerry Adams. Okay. He's actually the guy that um, Jeremy Corbyn gets in trouble with. Um, having met and having having familiar relations with that's crazy because they're like in I, fairness I don't really it's it's not that un- misunderstandable because I mean they're both old hippies so yeah I mean <laughs> I they all know each other don't they there's an old hippie <laughs> network <laughs> um so in general with Irish stereotypes every <laughs> sorry <laughs> there's lots but also there's lots of laws that you guys have that we don't or that we so, we, so is it true that you don't charge people for water uh, That's not a thing. So, so for the longest time, that was the, that was the case. There was no water charge. Then it was a very controversial issue. When was this, Steve? About two years ago. 
three years well, ago. Well, that's actually not true. There was water charges until the 90s, then they got rid of them, ah. and then they tried to bring them back a couple of so years ago. So just no charge for water? No charge for water. Is that like, for I've never twi- heard of For that. about 20 years. Yeah. Um, so there was no charge. It was just like a, a, a free commodity. Um, then they tried to bring it back in. They installed water meters everywhere. Um, there were huge protests about it. They they offered these incentives. So you got like, I think there was like, see, was there like a, uh, like, like a cashback program? So if you signed up for it, you got money back or you didn't have to pay the first year or something. Some sort of incentive. Yeah, like they yeah. were having such problems with with, with, with putting this out. Um, and then I think it, it proved to be so difficult that they eventually just, they've yeah, now exactly. stopped doing it, Steve, haven't they? I was away when yeah. all this was, this basically all happened while <laughs> during the mm. period where I was away. But now it's, 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 funny. it's gone back to being a it's, free resource. Like we didn't have any property tax before the recession either. So yeah. like 2008, Ireland's economy went off, a, went off a cliff and we had to like change lots of things in the taxation system to try and get some money to run the country. Mm. And the EU came in and told us what we were doing wrong as well. So one of the things is that you weren't charging property tax, which most other countries in the world do. So that came in. It wasn't that controversial. People's ta- like income taxes went up and loads of so- uh, social services were cut and like just general kind of austerity shit but then the final thing that they tried to bring in was water charges and mm-hmm. for some reason that just drove people ballistic yeah. hundreds of thousands of people marching against it yeah. like this people like people standing in the like when the the construction workers were trying to put the water meters in the street people would like run into the middle of their workspace and just stand in the hole that they were trying to work in and say <laughs> kind work of around me <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of amazing these would be like old grannies as well <laughs> and like record me record me put this up on the YouTube <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's I mean I, that's it's, it's so weird because I think it's interesting when you get into the intricacies of different laws of, of countries that are so close together because it makes you think like oh maybe I am against water charges I never thought about it I yeah. never thought that because I've always paid a water bill like yeah. I've never thought that it could be but then again I guess like with the abortion laws being so different yeah, um, that's a big like, one is that at what point did you know you must have like at some point been in adolescence and learnt what abortion was learnt that you couldn't do it oh, I mean yeah. obviously you can't do it sorry <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of reasons why I can't do it good luck know? with that um, uh, did you uh, What do you ever remember like learning that in the UK it was no. legal to have an abortion like well see here's the thing we don't have it but we do because we actually have the same rates of abortion um, as people getting abortion as any yeah, other western country back, they just go to the back, UK mm-hmm. yeah so you, everyone knows someone that had to do it, and it's like I've always just known. Yeah. So it's the typical, mm. it's the typical Irish solution. You just ignore it and pretend that it's okay, when in fact that everyone is still actually doing it. Yeah. yeah. So like people are going on holiday to the UK. And then yeah. Coming back. Basically, yeah. Not pregnant, um. But again, that that creates a class divide, I guess, because you have to have the money to go over. Yes. And yeah, that's. Weird. It's I mean, a big problem. It's a huge. It's it's it's. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a, I can imagine that's. A, can, do, do your Irish friends talk about it a lot, or is it kind of thing of like everyone agrees oh, that like now now it's it's it's, it's huge. Yeah, it's huge. Mm. It's like the it's, defining issue for our generation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like like going forward now. Like again, mm. there was the equal marriage referendum that happened uh, two years ago, um, and that was huge and defining, obviously as well. Like there's the thing about Ireland, like. P- politically speaking, mm. um, socially speaking, it's a very kind of exciting place and for good and bad reasons. Mm. Um, like w- you are looking at a very accelerated transition. So uh, over the course of like like a short period of time, like S- Steve and I, our lifetimes, like you start off with um, divorce being illegal up until 1996 and homosexuality being illegal up until, what, Steve, the early 90s. Um, yeah. 
And you now look at like two years ago, Ireland was the first country to bring in equal marriage through a referendum Mm -hmm. like that, like over that such a short time scale, like that's incredible growth. So to be a country that, um, in like, that was in such this, in such a stranglehold from the Catholic church, like in the eighties, we had the highest church attendance rate, us in the Philippines, the highest church attendance rate in the world, Mm -hmm. like, like in the world, we had the highest church attendance rate. And now it's like rapidly diminishing. And we are kind of moving out of this mist of ignorance that kind of came along with, with with that mm. and now it seems like really quickly addressing the feels like we're addressing some of these particular social issues and trying to have discussions around them like it, it is mm. talked about at length at least with yeah. our generation i find it really fascinating as well because i think that and i'm, make, I'm about to make some huge generalized like disgusting generalizations but sure. like i feel that because subconsciously for for British people, or at least I can say for English people, because we have a monarch who is like explicitly like Anglican Christian, our prime minister has to be Anglican Christian. And right. like, you know, like every, every school is Anglican songs. Like, Ang- you know, it's, Tony it's, Blair was a Catholic. Uh, oh yeah. Well, <laughs> look what he did. Father, forgive us for Tony fucking Blair. <laughs> but like, um, you know, like in general, like the, it's this, this um, unspoken, like part of our formal culture. So mm-hmm. I feel like in a home way and in a more like social way, religion is completely invisible for most people in the UK. Like I, you know, I, I, that's again, a huge generalization, but uh, like, and, and somebody who grew up Christian and it was definitely part of my culture. The difference between me and my friends who didn't grow up Christian is huge. Like there's no yeah, talk of religion so, in the it, home. Whereas, it, you know, because of the history of Ireland, it's unavoidable. Yeah. Un- unavoid. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think you do it in, sorry, go on, Steve. you do it in, you do it in your national school. Like um, 95% of national schools are run by the Catholic church um, paid for by the state, run by the church, which really pisses me off still today. And um, like I, like Richie will remember as well. You do your your Catholic sacraments, your your communion, your confession, your your confirmation, all the different stages that you do when you're a kid. You do that as part of your education. Like you take time off school to go over with, and the, the church is usually right beside the school because yeah. they're built on the on the, the church teacher grounds. brings the class a walk from the school to the church. And the teacher the is part stuff. of built into the to the curriculum, like under the religious section. Oh, so you can't not? Uh, you can, you can't. Like, so there was uh, one or two kids in my class who were, I, I don't know what faith they were of, mm. but for whatever, um, they, they were taken out and they were, um, they just went off and I think they got some private tutor and they did some other learning. While for my, for me, when I was in Donegal, um, I was, I actually lived in a split community. So as a, like most places in Ireland would be entirely Catholic, but the town I lived in was actually half Protestant, half Catholic. And the Protestants had their own national school and we wouldn't see each other until we went to secondary school to high school. Wow. Like when you're 10 or 11. So did you grow up not knowing any Protestants? Uh, I did know them because my parents run the pub and, um, ah. like alcohol, a lot, a lot the kitten, that great peacemaker. <laughs> It was, uh, I remember actually my grandfather, uh, Catholic Donegal man, was talking to a, a local um, frequenter of the bar, a guy called George Eilfella, who always told the same story every night about when they took the trains out of Donegal in 1956. And I was like, Jesus Christ, not again. You see, what happened but, uh, when they took the trains out of Donegal in 1996? Oh, uh, no, it's, it's, it's horrific. It's like Nam flashbacks here. I'm not going to do that again. But I remember one time my grandfather was out in the pub for whatever reason, locked drunk, and he, he knew George from ages ago. From, for whatever reason. To get drunk, Steve. Yeah, to get drunk, yeah. So he was, yeah. he was, he knew George from years, years, years back. And they were both like, it doesn't matter whether you're Catholic or you're Protestant, you both end up in the same place, a fucking hole in the ground. 
wiser words. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, geez, that's really good. That's, that's really, the most really profound thing. Could have said that about 100 years yeah, earlier. Yeah. Could have saved us some shit. Yeah. That's the most profound thing that was ever shouted at me in the midst of alcohol fumes. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. But then, um, the, like, that was a small village. Uh, and then the next, there's a bigger town next over called Killy Beggs. And um, that was an entirely Catholic town. And they, um, people in there used to say, oh, you can't go to that bar in Brooklyn because that's a Protestant stronghold. <laughs> even though like my, both of my parents were Irish Catholics and my dad was from Dublin, entirely Catholic. In fact, like we were, my, my brother had a girlfriend when he was 11 who was a Protestant and <gasps> my Dublin Racy. aunties were like, don't you bleed and bring a Protestant back to us. Huh? We'll batter. <laughs> I was like, you're only half joking. I know that. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, what are we yes. talking about? <laughs> Um, like the like re- religious side of how we're growing up, I guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it, sorry, go on. No, I, I was just going to, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's an exciting time to be Irish, I think. Like there's a lot of stuff happening very quickly. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> welcome to the shit show. I mean, I, I feel like if I moved to Ireland and lived there maybe 10 years mm-hmm. and I also have a passport and a history, then I'd be like, uh, yeah, here's a question. Mm. At what point am I Irish? Uh, I mean, Whenever you want to be. Yeah. Are you, are you, do you, you have an like, Irish mother. Well, you can be, now be I Irish know now. all about the fact that you, yeah. like, that we didn't <laughs> teach you about Catholicism. <laughs> I feel like I'm really on the way. Yeah. You, you've got red hair. You've got an Irish passport. You're, you're more Irish than I am right now. What? Selena, is your mother, your mother's actually a Protestant, is she? Uh, yes, she is um, a, a Presbyterian, and she, Church of Ireland, and then my granddad, basically because they lived in Dublin, loads of shit was going down. I don't know when this was, this must have been like the 60s. Mm. Um, and my mum, I think she, she got married when she was about 10. Um, but he, there was four of them, so I think the others were a lot older right. and identified much more strongly as Irish. Um, uh, they got they all moved to Aberdeen um, uh-huh. because of there was a lot of like shit going down in Dublin around the sixties, apparently. So they were like, "Nah." Um, but yeah, my my granddad was a um, a minister. Wow. So, and he was like, uh, there was like there wasn't actually too much going on in Dublin. Like when the troubles were going on in the North and um, the RA thing, Dublin, Ireland was out, the South of Ireland was actually pretty well spared. There was like one bomb went off in Dublin and Monaghan one day. Apart from that, it was kind of oh, okay. Oh, what was he moving for uh, then? Oh, well, I guess just that was defecting. actually what I was going to say. So in the twenties, whenever Ireland became independent, all of the Catholics were like, fuck this and left. So like it used to be about 30% Catholic to Protestant. Mm. And then by the, by like a couple of decades later, it was like 9% Protestants, 90 wad percent Catholic because they just left. They didn't feel comfortable. So I guess maybe when the troubles were starting up, maybe that's what your, uh, your granddad was thinking. I think it thinking. also might have been to do with what school they could get into because there, yeah, there weren't probably. that yeah, many that's... Protestant schools. So they were really struggling to get them an education. Yeah. Like that was a moment. Yeah. <laughs> Who can say? <laughs> um, but I, it's interesting as well because I think my granddad did have this this feeling of also being Scottish because mm-hmm. he knew from like generations before and he, you know that they were a family where like I think they had two sons and they both became ministers so they had mm-hmm. to give up the farm because of that and I think that was like a big thing because obviously the reason they were there right right yep. first well an- another farm. name for the the Protestants in Northern Ireland is Scots-Irish like sometimes they'd identify Ooh, themselves really? as that yeah mm-hmm. rather than British-Irish or whatever they say Scots-Irish and there's actually in America in the deep south there like a lot of those guys would have emigrated 400 years ago but they would still call themselves Scots-Irish because you're like uh, forgive forgive me but you like you can stop saying forgive the, me we're, we're, this, this is a like safe the place Welsh, the Welsh the Scottish and the Irish are all in some way Gaelic but in different ways is that right? Uh, yep yeah. and so like okay I didn't know I just I wanted to check <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
that was my early comment on that. Um, yeah, so that's that's pretty easy. So the the Celts, um, they 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 hung around longer in like they were they used to be all over the British Isles, mm. but I guess the Romans pushed them out of what is England now and pushed them into the corners. Yeah, and they they couldn't they couldn't be arsed going to Ireland. They called it Hibernia because it was too cold, <laughs> and. Uh, so the Celts had an easy there, but then they also, they were okay in Scotland and Wales. Yeah. So then afterwards, the guys who were left over in England were a little bit different, which is why you had like, oh yeah, these are the, the Gaelic nations today and the English are the different ones. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so interesting. Um, okay, right. Last, last thing. Mm-hmm. So like, there's lots of stereotypes that I could pick out and be like, does this annoy you? Does this annoy you? But yeah. I'm not going to do that because they all annoy you at once. Um, but like, do you have an example of like the the weirdest situation you've been in to do with your Irishness or like the weirdest thing somebody said to you about your Irishness? Oh. When I had a housemate who was Irish, she like, I put on PS I love you. She nearly fucking hit the roof. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> People was, hate PS I love you. Yeah. I've never, I've never, um, never watched actually, it. When I was living in Scotland, that came, that came out and all the Scottish girls were like, oh my God, I want to go over to Dublin and find my Jerry. <laughs> who, I don't know, I think he, I haven't actually seen it either, but um, I'm pretty sure he was played by Jerry Butler, who was yeah. from the yeah. town in Scotland where I was living. Yeah. So you want to go to Ireland to find the guy who's from around the corner <laughs> from where we're sitting now? <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Um, and there's also the Ed Sheeran song, which that's really a, oh, that's, a, oh, oh, that's, that's a tender. That's a that's a that's a delicate. That's, I, al- yeah, that's, I already didn't like Ed Sheeran, so it was okay. But he was excellent in Game of Thrones, wasn't he, Steve? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I got I got a lot of it when I was in America. Um, an awful lot of stereotypes. The Lucky Charm stuff we kind of talked about. I got a lot of that. I got a lot of people assuming that I was I drank a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a lot of I got an awful lot of that <laughs> uh, what other so I got so there's a, a good friend of mine over there he came to Ireland as part of a trip around Europe and I I took him around Dublin and the thing that he commented on the most and still comments to this day was the distinct lack of beautiful red-headed women that that's like <laughs> oh wow that was had, like he the... had it in his head that he's like I'm gonna go over there and I'm going to be it's gonna be yeah strawberry fields forever of just <laughs> of just beautiful red-headed Irish women um, but there wasn't, to, at least to his. Like, yeah, I don't know what I don't know what ratio he had in mind of just like scanning around the heads of <laughs> yeah. like the crowds I mean, on the Collins Street. More, but more ginger people in there Ireland. Are, statistically, yeah. But I think he was just wanted like uh, just like to drown in like a ginger sea. Yeah, uh, and that didn't happen. He still he still like takes it as a personal insult, as if I was misleading him the whole time. <laughs> like this is the Eldorado. Did you take all the ginger of, women? Yeah, I don't know, but um. So I got, yeah, that kind of stuff. Actually, it's funny because there was a study that was done a while ago of um, people's perceptions of beauty as done by like race and culture. Mm-hmm. And um, people perceived, this is a, like people perceived that uh, Irish women were one of the most beautiful uh, nations, like one of the most beautiful races. And Irish men were one of the ugliest. That was a perception people oh, had wow. in their head. Yeah, like the, we were at both ends of the <laughs> You'd spectrum. Be like Irish men batting up since yeah, since it's the like yeah. it's uh, yeah, because people when they think of like it's when you think about the kind of like when you just in your head think okay, you know, stereotypical Irish girl, they're probably thinking long flowing red hair, pale skin. Oh, so it weren't kind of actual thing. pictures of actual Irish girls. No, they it weren't. Just it's like perception. The idea it's of, all okay. perception. But when they thought about men, just. Spud-headed farmers with crappy old skin. Yeah, basically just ginger, pale, pasty, farmer tan kind of kind of yeah. deal. 
Um, so that, that one hurt when Brito. I read that study. That one hurt. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but we're also we're also called the most charming. Yeah, actually, yeah, there's a good story well from that rural pub my parents used to run. There was a there was a random American lady just drinking there one night, and it was a quiet night, so it was just her and the local young guys just drinking pints with my dad, um, who was working, and uh, they were like, oh, so. Like, where are the best men in the world that you've come across in your travels? And she goes, oh, well, uh, Native Americans are the best lovers. But, Irish, but but Irish men are the most charming. And then she turns to one of the guys and goes, what's your name? And he goes, Geronimo Murphy. <laughs> so I guess he kind of proved it I right. Mean, That's yeah. excellent. That's excellent. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, cool. I think. I Do you think, think that's, that's it? You feel better informed. I feel, feel. I feel better. I feel this has been like the cultural clinic. Yeah. And I have had a plaster on my ignorance. It will probably still bleed. Wait, did we just rip the plaster off? What's the metaphor here? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> do we put the plaster? You do on metaphors. There? You're Irish. Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Let's end on a stereotype. Probably the most yeah. complimentary stereotype okay. I've ever gotten. Let's go and watch. Um. Oh, what was it? Uh, uh Lord of the Dance. Did you watch that? Oh. <laughs> or River Dance? Oh no. That's uh, it's like no okay we're gonna stop the podcast so richie can kill me and throw me out the window um cool thanks for coming on guys and yeah. where can we find you we are on whatampolitics.com that's probably the best central place to find everything um but also what i'm politics you what i'm politics is such a stupid name one of the benefits of <laughs> you'll it, find isn't, it yeah you'll find it you'll find it like no one else was jumping for the what i'm politics url or twitter handle so we're on yeah what i'm politics twitter facebook gmail and what i'm politics.com perfect yeah episodes every other tuesday it's super good i'm not going to admit how much i've learned from that podcast because i totally listen to it and then pretend i already knew and i'm mm-hmm. like <laughs> oh you could be a co-host <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like brexit helpful yeah yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, thank you for coming on, both of you. Thank you, Lena. Thank you thank very you. much for your questions. Bottom of the evening to you. <laughs> Bottom of the- oh, I know. Do you want to do my accent and I'll do yours? Both okay. of you. I want, okay. your, I want your British accent. Go. <laughs> okay. I, I've done this on the podcast okay. before. Do you want some bangers and mash? <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you go up? <laughs> it's the only way I can. Oh, because English men oh, are no, the queen's in the bedroom again. The queen's in the bedroom. <laughs> Hit her with a broom. Hit her with a broom. It's the only way. She hit her with a chimney sweep. Don't sweep. look at her directly in the eyes. You'll turn into 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 plaid, <laughs> into a corgi. Okay, you do Irish. Wait, no, we need Steve. Oh to yeah, do. Steve. Go on, Steve. All right, my name's Lena Normington Inik. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> this is this oh, speaks that's, of a, that's well English, Steve. A, a man who used to be a teenager who's really into rap. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like I was a grime artist. Nice. Okay. Um, uh, so, so, what, what's, what's a grime? What's a grime? I don't know what a grime is. Do you know what grime? Grime music? No. Grime? No, grime? No. Gri- what? You, uh, just repeating the word grime isn't going to enlighten <laughs> me anymore, Lena. It's like it's it's like it's like British hip hop rap. It's it's called grime. It's is like it? a whole thing. Is it? Yeah. Oh. So you know, like Corbin did stuff. Um, Cor- grime for Corbin. Oh wow. Okay. Mate, you need to get on this. Anyway, yeah, not yeah. the point. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, leave, you know, we'll leave your ignorance behind. Yeah, it's, we'll do a what I'm grinding. deflecting from the point don't, here, Lena. Don't worry do about it. Don't worry about it, Richie. I'll forgive you. <laughs> don't, you don't you worry. <laughs> now it's going all like, wow. <laughs> Top of the morning to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That's, that's a bit serious, your own, and that wasn't So too what's bad. the problem in Ireland? Why can't you all get on? <laughs> Oh God, Steve, she's having a stroke. <laughs> Why are you talking from genius. the side of her mouth? 
Yeah, no, she's melting in front um, of me right now. Oh dear. Okay. Well, they're gonna revoke my Irish passport after this. So it's yeah. been nice. What a what a wonderful way to end. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> See ya. I giggled the whole way through listening back to this recording. Aunt Richie and Steve, like an absolute pair, an absolute pair. Do go and listen to What Am Politics. Thank you so much for listening. Do tell me what you think of this episode. Sorry if I sound a bit bugged up. I've got to that Christmas, that Christmas flu. Who else has it? I have it. If you liked this episode, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's the way that other people find the podcast. Tell a friend, join our newsletter so you can be the first to hear about the podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. It is time for me to log off and bug off. If there's questions you pretend you know are all too scared to ask, then listen, mate, you're in the right place because Lena's got your back. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.